Welcome. Welcome to CFB-004. No, I think it's five. No, it's four. Um, I think you're... Oh, it is I four. I just looked. Because we skipped last week. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> as you might be able to tell, we are not joined by the fearless leader of Sorry Internet, um, Thomas Nassif, this week. So it's going to be probably a quick one. Uh, me, Pat Haynes, and Andy Maroon, your two other co-hosts. Uh, Andy, let's get right into it. We uh, we were all here together in Columbia, South Carolina for the Florida-South Carolina game. Um, obviously, Florida won 24-14. Do you want to talk about that game? You know... I thought we looked really good for three quarters, and we looked terrible for another quarter. Yep, that sounds like, about right. Awful. Um, I will Weird. note that, I mean, obviously, if it was a different team, you might have lost the game. You can't really say that because, I mean, you got to play the teams you play. But I feel like if South Carolina had a borderline competent defense, you guys would have lost that game because there were numerous times where um, they should have picked treon off and just like oh we're not gonna even put our hands yeah up. <laughs> but if they pick them off who who right no guarantee they would have scored no it's, had a pretty exactly shitty offense exactly too. i mean I, I agree with that i'm just saying hypothetically i mean we are you the didn't exact look great same team we had last year like yep. we're just getting a handful of other things going our way that we didn't get last year uh i didn't i wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year i think when we had greer we looked like a totally different football team that could move the ball forward and had a competent offense but since Treon taking over and having some of the injuries I think we've taken a big step back and it's just that same exhausting offense where you're barely doing enough to get by and then your defense is literally saving the day yep I uh from what I kind of gathered watching the game I would agree with that to me what it comes down to is it just seems like the McIlwain offense or like what he's trying to install and run is suited to having someone like Will Greer behind center. And with uh, Treon, they're just kind of reverting to whatever the hell they were doing last year. Well, I think that has to do part with Treon's abilities. I don't think he is nearly as good of a QB as as Greer is just because of... uh, I think he's shorter. I think that hurts him. I, I don't think he can see... He doesn't make the same reads that Greer made, and he doesn't put... Like he doesn't put the ball in the right spot. I mean, we had a touchdown that I think it was Scarlett literally stole from one of your defensive backs. Uh, that it was a terrible pass by Treon, and I mean it. Kept, it was a forty-five yard touchdown pass. Technically, that was, was Cronkite. Cronkite. Yeah, I mean that was a forty-five yard touchdown pass, but that was terrible. Like that was awful. Yep that that was the one that I was talking about with the right. should have been interception. And so, I just think that. McElwain's doing what he can do to survive with Treon at this point. I just think that Greer's a better QB, and having him allowed McElwain to do so many more things, but he's sort of limited in what he's able to do. Uh, so hopefully Treon's appeal goes well and we get him back at the start of next year, because, you know, I think we win this week. Greer's. FS- yeah, Gre- Gre- we get Greer at the beginning of next year, hopefully. I don't know what's going to happen with the appeal. That's just what I'm hoping. Yep. Uh, um. I mean... That's kind of what I would take away from it, too. Uh, your guys' defense looked pretty good. Um, obviously, South Carolina's offense isn't really much to write home about, but um, seemed to play decent to where 
against a team maybe of a slightly better stature. I think this game, if anything, it says that you might have a decent chance to shut down and contain Florida State's offense. I don't know right. if it says anything good about being able to um, score on Florida State's defense, but... I mean, if you remember the game last year at Florida State, we did a great job of shutting them down. I mean, yeah. there was like a handful of broken plays that resulted in us losing, but we had like four picks or four turnovers, something crazy like that. Yeah, and I would say this defense is probably... I mean, it looks to me probably even more efficient than that defense. Right. Um, I think it really comes down to the question of how your offense stacks up against their defense. Right, which I don't think it stacks up well. No, I mean, we'll have to see, but I I don't think so either. Um, I know you said you had never been to uh, Williams-Brice for a game, so and I know you're visiting the other SEC stadiums, so what did you think of the in-stadium experience here? So... You know, it wasn't bad, but I wouldn't say it was my favorite, and it's mostly because of where it is. It just kind of sucks when you have that stadium not right on campus, and it wasn't, like, miles away or anything. But with all that kind of flat ground and stuff, I think it takes away from a little bit of the, like, college football atmosphere. But you guys still had these, like, really cool tailgating parking structures, which I thought were really interesting. Um but, I mean, I didn't have a bad experience by any means. I, th- I thought it was interesting. You know, that stadium on the inside was a pretty standard SEC stadium. Uh, the towel, you know, everybody swinging the towels around and all that was, was fun. Um, I could see how the Gamecock-like rooster noise, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, in a close game would be really cool. For yeah. our game, it just kind of got a little annoying after a while. Maybe if it was more the 2013 season where right. South Carolina had a little bit more at stake. Then. Yeah, like I could imagine when that thing goes off in a close game, like the whole crowd gets hyped because of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I would, I'd go back to a game there. It's, it's not somewhere I wouldn't go back to. But No uh, no negative fan base experiences or anything? No. Well, no. I, I mean... I most SEC schools have a good fan base. The yeah. only one that I had an issue with was Missouri, uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, there wasn't that much to kind of dig into with the game. Both teams just looked really sloppy, and it was a matter of South Carolina being a much worse team. So we can kind of move on from there. Um. Let's see what other games we want to talk about. We also had, uh, speaking of another team looking sloppy and facing one of the worst teams in Power 5 football, TCU barely beat Kansas, 23-17. This is kind of crazy because it wasn't not too long ago that there were four teams that I think, and if anything, the team that is now in the front is the team that out of that four people kind of discredited the most. But there were not too long ago four big 12 teams that could have easily been seen in the playoff chase and i think tcu was definitely one of those and now they're narrowly squeaking by against one of the worst power five teams and they lost last the week before that obviously what do you uh what do you think about tcu for the rest of the season looking forward they have uh didn't they they lost a couple guys, right? They they lost Doxton, um, and Boykin is questionable for Oklahoma. So that doesn't I mean I think they they definitely lose Oklahoma at this point. I don't I don't see yep. if they had that much trouble with Kansas and they don't think Boykin will be back, I don't know how they win that. I think they kind of fall back into the middle of the pack at this point, especially with Oklahoma looking as as good as they are. 
And I would say the same against the final game of the season against Baylor. I could see them easily losing three of their last four. And, I mean, it sucks because it happens because of injuries. And, honestly, I think the Doxton injury is probably more impactful for them than Boykin considering how they looked against Oklahoma State with having Boykin in the game. But, yeah, so that's that's kind of rough for them going forward. Um, going on from there, we also had Ohio State and Michigan State winning. Uh, it, it didn't ever look like they were in trouble, but it wasn't quite as dominant of a win as you would hope. Ohio State beat Illinois 28-3, and Michigan State beat Maryland 24-7. Um, kind of notable, both those teams are facing each other this week. Uh, how do you feel about that matchup between two of the top teams in the Big Ten? I mean, that's one of those ones, you know, Michigan State sort of had their issue with Nebraska, but I could see this being a close game, and it's definitely going to be a fun one for me to watch just because I always really have something behind whoever's playing Ohio State just because I never want to see Ohio State win a game ever again. Right. So I always like to watch those games, and especially when you kind of know the... So Ohio State does this thing a lot like FSU last year where they barely do anything for the first three quarters and then pull away right at the end. And, you know, that works against Indiana and some of those other teams, but it doesn't always work against some of these bigger teams that can actually play. So I'm hoping that Michigan State can hold on to where it comes down to the final 10 minutes or so because then Ohio State would definitely have an issue. You know, it, it could go either way. To be fair, it should be said that Michigan State did the same exact thing against Indiana, and I think right, that, that right. I think a lot of those schools sort of do that. Right. I don't know why they fall into that. I mean, we've done that plenty of times, but I just feel like that happened. I mean, I can't. I feel like every time I look at the Ohio State score, it's you know within a touchdown or a field goal at halftime. Yep. Um, it should be stated that uh, JT Barrett, um, he was back last week, but he will be back for the Michigan State game. And uh, Connor Cook is, for my money, a top five, top ten quarterback in the country. He's going to be the best quarterback that Ohio State has faced this season. Um, Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. Michigan State's defense is not good. (laughs) I mean, for as good as they were for a long time, losing Narduzzi really hurt them. And I think, as much as it pains me, and a lot of people are talking about Michigan State knocking off Ohio State, I think Ohio State's going to beat them pretty soundly. You know, I think Ohio State probably wins this. I don't know if it's a blowout just because of the way Ohio State plays. Right. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I'm you know, I'm going to be rooting for Michigan State. I, I hope they're able to pull that out. If we look at the games where Barrett has started for Ohio State this season, and not that there have been that many of them, but if we look at them, he's been pretty dominant. And it's against weaker teams, but that offense just clicks so much more with him starting than with Cardale. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against uh, Michigan State. Um, all right, moving on. Northwestern narrowly beat Purdue 21-14. Northwestern is playing Wisconsin this week. Um, I believe that game, let me check real quick, I believe. Yep, it's in Wisconsin. Um, Northwestern's ranked 20th, Wisconsin's ranked 21st. Both teams are 8-2. and two. So this is uh, looking like it'll kind of decide which one of the teams is going to play in the Outback Bowl and which team is going to play in the Holiday Bowl um, for that 
second place team in the West since I doubt any of these teams are going to hop over Iowa, who's looking like a playoff team at this point. Um, So that'll be an interesting game. I hope that we can pull it off to kind of salvage this season, which while it's hard to say that an eight and two team is like a failed season, we're probably the quietest eight and two team in the country right now. And our best win is against Illinois. So I definitely think we need this one to kind of pull something together this year. Um, After that, we got, let's see, uh, Florida state barely, uh, well, it was a close game until late, but they, uh, doubled up. They switched QBs, didn't they? They did. Yeah. They, uh, once they put McGuire in, it looked like the offense was clicking a lot more. Golson just didn't look great. And once they put McGuire in is when they started to pull away from North Carolina state. So that will be interesting to see going forward how um, Florida State looks playing. I think they play Chattanooga this week, and then, yeah, and then they obviously play you guys to close the season. So it'll be interesting to see how McGuire looks going forward. He's obviously done pretty well in the games that he has played in. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of, it seems like when they have McGuire and Cook playing at 100%, they roll pretty well so I guess we got to kind of see if that's how things continue to go from here on out since we don't really have that much of a sample size to look at with that um, offensive scheme it's interesting because this is the first time in a couple years that FSU is not really playing for anything right now like they're playing to beat us at this point which if you would have told me that at the beginning of the year I would have laughed in your face because I mean they're not going to make it to the playoffs they're not going to make it to the ACC championship game so all they have left to really do worthwhile is beat the in-state rival. So they're kind of in a new position for them, at least over the last couple of years. Yeah, what's the, uh, what is the ACC um, game of six, or New Year's game of six uh, bowl? I don't know. Is it I the Sugar Bowl? No, because we were in the Sugar Bowl the other year. Okay. It was, uh, oh wait, we were, it was, Louisville was in there too, so maybe... Uh, let's see. Okay, it's the it's the Orange Bowl, the ACC number one versus SEC two, or the Big Ten two versus Notre Dame. So, I mean, Florida State if they win out, I get. Well, no, I guess the ACC two would still go to the team from the Coastal, so likely North Carolina, even if Clemson um, gets the playoff or not. So yeah, I guess they're looking at right now uh, at large bid, hopefully. Um, and I think they have to win out to get that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of weird. This is probably the first time since EJ that Florida State hasn't really had something on the line here. Good. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Alabama just brutalized Mississippi State. It's Alabama is a- the best team in the country. Yeah, we let's talk about that. Let's talk about the playoff picture right now. Um, so, I think that Alabama is the best team in the country. And I think that their loss to Ole Miss, you know, it was a loss, but they also had... Yeah, it looks bad, but I mean, it's not as bad as Oklahoma's loss was. No, but just the fact that Ole Miss has kind of fallen off at this point. But that kind of brings me to my point that these teams that Alabama has beaten since their loss, since they've kind of rebounded and gotten back into the top 10 picture... They just completely, like, their season falls apart after that loss. Right. 
And I mean, the thing They're is, Alabama has, Alabama has the hardest schedule in the nation. Yep. I mean, they said that at the beginning of the year. If you have the hardest schedule in the nation and you lose one game and there's other teams like Baylor who have, you know, no losses before last weekend trying to get into the playoffs, like, it's just unreal. Like, I don't know in what world you would have ranked Baylor over Alabama just because of who they who they played. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, should be notable, they sacked Dak Prescott nine times. Um, and I think... It was something they like, only rushed like one dude once or yep they played with nine men on the field and didn't use linemen yeah it's their team is just looking pretty incredible right now and i know we talked a couple of weeks ago how um after the lsu game that fournette was still the heisman favorite and that um he that derrick henry hadn't really taken that from him yet but at this point the way that henry is kind of just plowed over these some of these teams um i think it's pretty clear to say that he's right up there with fournette and cook and that if anything fournette might have slipped to third at this point so especially after the arkansas game i don't think the heisman should go to um henry i think it should go to the entire alabama offensive line (laughs) just give it to them yeah that's fair and include the offensive line coach whoever that is (laughs) yeah they're looking pretty unstoppable it's interesting because so okay is there any proof that those linemen graduated or is it the same guys from like it's the same 2010 yeah (laughs) um go ahead and give me just uh your top four right now so i definitely go alabama and oklahoma up in there just because i think oklahoma is a lot better than people perceive them to be i think that texas loss was really bad but so you're people people discount people don't like it was a rivalry game there's something to be said for those things change you know texas is a bad team but oklahoma texas is usually going to be a pretty close game yeah oklahoma is absolutely in my picture are you putting them at four or are you putting them at two i'm probably putting oklahoma at three maybe i'd probably go alabama Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Okay, yeah, that's not crazy. And Ohio State, honestly, gets in based on who they have and what they did at the end of last year is based on nothing they've done this year. Yeah, I mean, that kind of brings me to mind where I think it's right now I'm still leaning towards Clemson even though Alabama's been rolling and kind of uh, progressively getting to the point to where it doesn't really look like Clemson's the best team in the country but as of right now I think it it'll kind of wait until the North Carolina game because North Carolina is blowing teams out by 35 points pretty soundly but I think if Clemson can have a game where they look like the number one team in the country against a team that hasn't lost since week one um, then that's going to say a lot if they lose or if they narrowly win that game I don't know if we can really hold them at number one over Alabama anymore but for me I would say it's Clemson Alabama um Oklahoma and then I'm probably looking at Iowa just because I think so far this season they're the better team than Ohio State obviously we have to wait until they play each other but I think that's what it's going to shake out too I mean I'd be I'd be super happy that I'd love to not include Ohio State I just think that when it comes down to it, Ohio State beats whoever they play in that game and, and gets in. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Iowa's defense is built to um, shut down the Ohio State. It's, certainly if Cardale plays in that game. But if um, – because he's not going to be trucking the Iowa defensive players like he did Oregon last year or anything like that. But um, if it's JT, I think he might be able to spread them out a little too far and – they might have a better chance with that so that'll be that's gonna be a fun game to watch but that's a couple weeks away so yeah that's uh those four are kind of what i'm thinking with on the playoff but yeah alabama's probably the scariest team in the country right now and i think the only team that really can slow them down at all out of this kind of top six group of possible playoff teams is oklahoma who might not even make it if there's a case to be said for notre dame at the end of the year i mean I don't know about Notre Dame just because I feel like they haven't really played anybody and their best performance is losing to Clemson, like honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I could see them getting in if Ohio State, Iowa, and some of these other teams, you know, struggle a little bit, Oklahoma. But well, I think I... one and two are f- pretty much a lock at this point unless they really crumble. But the other ones I could see sort of shuffling around a lot more. Yeah. I will say that the... Um, Notre Dame wins in Temple in Pittsburgh against teams that at those points were undefeated are pretty impressive. But yeah, I mean, the game that they played against Clemson in pretty much a monsoon was the closest that Clemson has come this season to losing. So yeah, I get what you're saying there. Um, Moving on, we have uh, (laughs) North Carolina put up 59 against Miami. Um, Miami had 21 and uh, Marquise Williams pretty much buried the program of Miami by doing the U signal and then put it on his um, nether regions. So that that's I love my that. favorite. That was great. That's my favorite GIF in history. <laughs> um, yeah, they're. I don't know if they're as good of a team as um, some of the teams they're going to be facing, or some of the teams that are ranked ahead of them. But they are just decimating these teams that they're facing right now. Um, the Duke win was insane. This game, even though Miami's falling apart, was pretty crazy. Um, I think Clemson probably beats them, but their offense is clicking unlike pretty much anyone outside of the top Big 12 teams right now. Um, did you catch any of that game or no? Okay. Uh, moving on. Oklahoma State near, nearly lost to Iowa State. Um, they're... This is why I think Oklahoma's going to beat them. The Oklahoma loss to Texas looks terrible. Um, there's really no sugarcoating that. But the way that they've bounced back and the way Baker May- Mayfield has been playing since, they're looking like a top-five team. And outside of the Oklahoma State win against TCU, I don't know that Oklahoma State is looking like that. I mean, I haven't watched them play enough to, to say anything I, I watched Oklahoma a little bit the other night and then another game earlier this year so yeah that's just why I feel more comfortable talk, like expecting them to do well but yeah um Oklahoma State's quarterback uh let me pull up his name uh, I think it's Mike something or another Mason Rudolph sorry yeah he's looked pretty good um in the like two games and then recaps that I've seen him in but I don't know. Yeah, um, 
I don't know if a defense giving up 31 points to a team like Iowa State is necessarily something that I'm that confident in, especially considering Oklahoma's offense is much more potent than Iowa State's. But uh, that'll be something to watch um, in two weeks. Um, Michigan had to go to overtime to beat Indiana. Indiana's kind of done that to pretty much every team they've faced this season even though they can't win any of them. Um, Michigan's two weeks removed from their game against Ohio State, where a lot of people are talking about them as a potential upset for Ohio State. and then that, I said it at the beginning of the year, dude. Yeah, I, ex- I expected Michigan to have a worse year than they're having, but I expected them to beat Ohio State. It was just written. Yeah, um, their quarterback's looking really good. Uh, Rudock, um, what's this, Jake Rudock, Uh but yeah, it's, I don't know, they, they've they kind of looked all over the map this season, and I picked them at the beginning of the season to knock off Ohio State too, but I'm getting less confident in that, even though they've had a much better season than a lot of people thought. I no, kind of thought they would... It's that rivalry game magic, dude. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought they would be an average team, like around a 7-8 win team this season, but then they would knock off Ohio State just to be annoying, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're at eight wins already. I don't know if they win ten games this season, but we'll see. Um, We had Memphis and Houston in a very close game. That one finished out 35-34 Houston. Um, Houston put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. I I just feel sad for Memphis because they had so much building, and now it seems like they're kind of crumbling here at the end. But, I mean, Fuente is... Do you want to talk coaches? Um, I mean, if you want. I mean, we have, at this point, I think there are, let's see. Yeah, there are 11 openings. There were 12, and... Um, there will be more. There there will be a lot more. There were 12, and um, Minnesota hired their interim coach, Tracy Clays, and that dude had been, like, a longtime backup for Jerry Kill going back to northern illinois i think so uh i mean it seems like they're trying to just keep the same system going which makes sense because i think they're also in the process of hiring a new athletic director um so it's probably the best choice for them to just take someone that's familiar at this point but uh the open programs obviously usc miami virginia tech South Carolina, Missouri that just opened up with Gary Pinkle, sadly uh, resigning because of cancer this week. Um, Maryland, UCF, Illinois, North Texas, Hawaii, and then the most recent being Louisiana Monroe. Um, I think the Missouri job is right up there with the, I would put it probably right after USC, Miami, and South Carolina. I mean, it has to be just because of the conference it's in. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things if you get a chance to go coach in the SEC. I mean, we made jokes about, you know, the SEC West. Somebody's going to get paid a whole bunch of money to come in last. <laughs> yeah. Gus. <laughs> right. Um, the Virginia Tech job is interesting because even though they've been kind of off for the – it's easy to forget that even though they've been off the last couple of seasons – we're not that far removed from Virginia Tech being like a powerhouse football program. Do you do you have any thoughts on the Virginia Tech job? 
I'm, I was looking up to see how far back we actually were. I think it was like 2007, 2008 was the last time they were like a one or two loss team. I mean, that's a while ago, man. We no, were good back then. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was in college. Um, we're going back to like college time. So it's not that far off, but it's also, yeah, I mean, it's more than a couple of recruiting classes away. But 2008, they had three losses. Ten and three. Um, 2007, they had three losses. 2005, they were 11 and two. Kansas and... was ranked eight in 2003 <laughs> or 2007. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, they had, they had three three loss seasons in a row. Yeah, I mean, they were um, going back to 2003. 2003 was the last time they had four losses or more, which, I mean, that's pretty consistent. Um, so, yeah, I, and then going back to 2000, obviously, the Michael Vick year, they had one loss played in the um, – no, did they play – no, they didn't play in the national championship. 2012 was their first, like, not great year Yeah, in a while. So they're really not that far removed from being a pretty consistent, if not ACC contender, then top five, top ten kind of national contender. So they can definitely bring in – someone to kind of get I mean, the program to bounce back. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Is it it is a pretty in, like interesting position. I still think USC both the SEC schools in Miami are a little more uh promising for some for a new coach coming in and trying to do something. I I agree about the USC and SEC schools. I don't know if I agree about Miami if only because Virginia Tech the athletic department has a lot more money. There's a stadium on campus. Yeah, that's um, true. They're good it's at just recruiting. if you can get the right guy in Miami and recruit out of South Florida, you're like going to be in great shape. Yep, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see which of these teams um, can bring in a big name or a surprising name where Fuente or where Herman go. Um, I saw... Um, Lane Kiffin is already interviewing for jobs. Teams are already making the mistake of <laughs> buying in large on Kiffin. Um, I think he's gonna get, he's gonna get another decent job, work there for two years, and then go get an NFL job because the world is a terrible place. Yep. Uh, Bill O'Brien, I believe his name is from um, Houston, interviewed or is in talks with uh, Maryland, I believe. That's so stupid, dude. He's not had nearly enough time there. He's had not a single quarterback the whole time he's been there. He's playing with like a walk-on quarterback right now. Yeah, I it's don't, just dumb. He I don't needs really watch. time to set up his system and get players that'll work for it. I don't watch too much of the NFL, but yeah, he's only been there two seasons, and then before that, he was with Penn State, and that was kind of their sanctioned time. So it's kind of hard to judge that tenure. And going before that, he was with New England for a while. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to really say too much about his head coaching experience. Um, I think, I mean, he he does have experience with Maryland. I'm seeing he was their running back coach for two seasons. Um, and then he's kind of from that mid-Atlantic area. I could see them going after him. I just don't know if that's the best pick for them, considering all the stuff we've heard about, 
you know, the money they're going to get from Big Ten Network, the money they're going to get from Under Armour, I think they can probably pull in someone that's a bit more of an experienced head coach or someone that's a bit more of a hot commodity. Like who? I don't think they're big enough to get Herman or Fuente. Um, I think they could throw in there for someone like a Rich Rod who's kind of been thrown around for a lot of these schools or yeah I don't maybe someone like a coordinator that's in the talks like I know Kirby is for I mean it seems like he's going to stay with the SEC or that region but I think they can pull in some of these bigger names that are being thrown around it's just a matter of if schools I mean if they want to go to like a quote-unquote sexier job than Maryland Do you have any thoughts on any of the openings? I mean, it's just too early because there's too many other things that are going to open up. Like, I think Georgia's opening up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely seems like that's a possibility. Do you, Okay, that's interesting. With Rick to being, I mean, I think he's in his 15th season or something so like that. So my issue with this is I don't want them to hire to fire Rick, but there's two reasons. One, because I'm a Florida fan and I like what he does there because – he keeps them at like this perfect level of mediocrity where they're never going to win anything. Right. But the other thing is he is so much better than so many other coaches. Like how many programs would kill for the record that Georgia's had over the past 15 seasons? Yeah. A ton of them would. He's essentially built their program. um, Right. At least in modern sense have been there 15 years. I think honestly, a lot of their problem this season comes from the offense and I don't know what you expected hiring the St. Louis offensive coordinator. (laughs) I just, um, I don't know what I, what I was going to say is I think they can obviously, if they do fire Rick to pull in a pretty big name coach. And I, I think if they fire Rick, they are the number two job in the country after USC. I mean, I think they are also, but, what it's just who knows with, right. with who they're gonna hire. Rick is like pretty consistently been good, yep. and it's just like you're taking a guy who's been good and tossing him in hopes of finding somebody that may be better. What what happens if you find somebody who's worse? Then you're back in the can for another five years, and then your program just could start to become irrelevant because Florida will start taking all those jobs. Alabama will start taking or all those recruits. Alabama will start taking all those recruits, and then you're just gonna be put in this position like. We were one bad hire away from falling into complete mediocrity. If McElwain, if McElwain turns out to be a fluke, and this is like Muschamp's 2012 year, we are in huge trouble because you just can't, with these other SEC schools, you can't afford to be like mediocre. And I think Rick has done a very good job of recruiting there and a very good job of getting good players there. He just can't seem to win the big game. And I don't know if you hire a coach just to win the big game. Like you have to be able to be in those positions. I, I don't know. I, I, I think I want him to stay for both selfish and, you know, I think it'd be better for the university. I agree with a lot about what you said. And there were two things I want to talk about in a second, but um, before that, Mark Richt is 55 years old. Um, do you think he takes another job after this? If he does yeah. get fired? Well, I mean, why wouldn't he? Well, I mean, he's not, not old old but he's getting up there he is one of those guys who i think really likes working with the school and working with the kids and working with the community where i don't think he would be comfortable 
not, not doing, doing those things, you know? Yeah. I could see him going and being like a a coordinator somewhere, but I think just knowing who he is and what he likes to do, I think that fits his personality. I agree with that. Um, you also talked about mediocrity. Um, I saw Auburn clinched. They will finish last in the West. And were they not... I think predicted, he gets fired too. Yeah, were they not predicted to be the favorite to win yep. the SEC this year? Yep. Um And last season was hardly a success for Auburn. Um, do you think this is it for Gus? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. That's another one. I mean, that has to be one of if that does open, that has to be one of the best jobs in the country. To, if, if that opens, that is on par with USC. I think. Yep. Um, not too far removed from a national championship caliber team um yeah i don't know this is uh the sec the kind of forecast for the sec going forward is going to be pretty interesting um georgia has a pretty solid chance of winning out i mean they're facing georgia southern and georgia tech to close out the season and this isn't the georgia tech that's been good you know last year and a couple years prior um they can finish nine and three pretty easily, but do you think at this point Georgia they're just tired of nine wins? It's just a bad thing to be tired about. If they finish nine and three, how do you get rid of the guy? I agree. I said the same exact thing with Nebraska. I mean, Bo Pelini never lost, never lost more than three games. Never finished worse than nine and three, and he got fired. And I mean, Mike that, Riley. I think that was a terrible decision for them. I, agree. I think he's a better coach than that. I agree. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's always interesting to look at, but I do think, like you said, it's way too early to kind of pencil anything in. It's just coaching is always fun to talk about. Um, okay, let's kind of wrap up last week. Oregon kind of knocked out the Pac-12 from the playoff hunt, um, beating Stanford, who they were kind of a stretch to begin with, but they definitely could have been right there if they would have won out the rest of the season um oklahoma beat baylor iowa beat minnesota all these are pretty close games the largest margin of victory out of those was oklahoma beating baylor by 10 um utah beat or utah lost to arizona rather um washington state beat ucla do you got anything to say about any of those games no i don't i mean i didn't get to watch any of them yeah yeah, um, I was, I, the Pac-12, like you said, sort of cannibalized itself, which is fine. And I talked about it on, uh, I think, an earlier podcast that I'm totally fine with Oregon kind of falling back to, to being kind of irrelevant. I don't know well, why they always rode me the wrong way, and I'm just kind of glad that they're back. Well, with beating Stanford, they have a pretty good chance of playing in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, and I mean that's fine. I'm they can win the conference all they want. I'm talking about them being big, undefeated big going into national, the national. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, it's interesting to look at that their kind of competition for the Pac-12 North is Wazoo, <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, uh, Pac-12 is for the most part done this season. Actually, I think it's official, right? Yeah, there, there's no way that a team can compete for the playoff. Right. I don't. I don't. I think you're right. Um. Yeah, uh, there weren't a too, there weren't too much uh, other great games to really talk about from 
last week from the unranked teams. Uh, let's move into some of the games for this week. We already talked about a couple of them, but uh, we got a couple more good matchups. You guys play FAU, so you're pretty much waiting. But uh, <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Um, they're but they're. They're not as good of a team as South Carolina, so I think... No, that. I mean, it should be... We have a bunch of people out, and I think a little bit of, of it is them resting a little bit for FSU, which I'm fine with if we're able to keep the game at a reasonable reach. Um, I don't care if it looks pretty this week. I'd like to see a little improvement in terms of some of the little things with Treon, but I'd much rather squeak out this week and be much better off for next week for FSU. Yep. Uh, and then for me, Wisconsin plays Northwestern like we already talked about. Um, Corey Clement is going to miss more games because he cut his hand and there was talk about some people said it was with an altercation with other students and some people said a dog bit him. It's <laughs> Just his season has kind of been a lost season, which is sad considering how much hype he had going into the year replacing Melvin. I mean, the guy off the bench with as many yards as Melvin got, Corey Clement still finished the year with 900 yards rushing. Um, I kind of, yeah, it's kind of disappointing that we didn't get to see that much of him this year, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is. We'll hopefully get to see a lot more from him next year. Um, without Joel Stave behind center, so it'll be interesting to see how the offense. Your safety quarterback. No. Your lineman quarterback. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, the quarterback that doesn't know how to take a knee. Uh, oh right. <laughs> Iowa looks to remain undefeated against Purdue. That's pretty likely. You never know. Purdue's a little sneaky. A little sneaky choo choo. Yeah, they're sneaky. I don't think they're as sneaky as Indiana, but uh, they're pretty sneaky. Um, LSU plays Ole Miss. Both those teams are kind of just limping through the rest of the season. So, if I remember correctly, we were talking about this in the hotel. If Ole Miss beats LSU and mm-hmm. Auburn beats Alabama, that means Ole Miss goes to the title game. I don't think Alabama's clinched it yet. Uh, let's see. I don't know if that's right. Because Alabama Ole, would Ole have, Miss has to win out and Auburn has to win out, I believe is what it is. Alabama would have two conference losses. Yeah, yeah, so would Ole Miss, and Ole Miss would have the tiebreaker on Alabama. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> so I am hard. I'm a hard rebel this weekend. Yeah. Because I do not want to play Alabama. I would much rather play Ole Miss again. You're a hard rebel. Can you please keep it PG? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if... Even though both teams have kind of fallen off a bit, I don't know if LSU has fallen off as hard as Ole Miss, but they're playing no, in Oxford. No, I think they crush them. They're playing in Oxford, so that's possible. Yeah, I, don't, and, I think LSU runs them over. I hope I'm wrong, but... And I think Ole Miss is a better team than what I've seen from Mississippi State this season. So, I mean, it's very possible Ole Miss wins out. I, I don't think it's possible at all that Alabama <laughs> loses. Right. I mean, again, that's a rivalry run. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got USC and Oregon. Um, Don't care. Yeah. We got Alabama and Charleston Southern. <laughs> Don't care. Oh, God. I'm going to love it if that game just ends like 17 to nothing. If Alabama doesn't really click on offense, but they I just... mean, it could happen. <laughs> um, we got Boston College, Notre Dame. 
that's going to be fun if Notre if Boston College just completely shuts down Notre Dame's offense. I would like to see that too. I don't know why, but I'm not a huge fan of Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to understand why. They're I mean they're right there with like the Yankees. They're the brand team for football. Yeah. That no matter where you live in the country, you could be. I'm a over Notre that. Dame fan. I am too. Um, are there one or two games you want to do picks for? Because I got to get out of here. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's look at. Okay, here are my propositions. Um, let's look at two of the Big 12 games. Let's look at TCU-Oklahoma. Let's look at Baylor-Oklahoma State. Um, and then let's look at the line for, let's just say, Northwestern-Wisconsin. And then... Um, there's LSU. not a lot of great games this I week. guess LSU Ole Miss, or let's look at the Michigan State Ohio State game so let's <laughs> let's keep it real big let's do two big 12 games and let's do two big 10 games so I don't care what the line is I think Oklahoma wins they okay. and they cover I don't care what the line is I mean I, unless it's like 25 points but I don't think it is I also think Oklahoma wins um just I know you don't care but oh um this isn't giving me a line for the game um okay i'm not even gonna look at it whatever uh oklahoma is playing pretty solid football they're playing at home um i mean if if they don't have that rivalry red river get loss against texas there's no question that people people aren't talking about them as a contender for the best team in the country right I agree. however they lost to one of the worst teams in the country this year so it's hard to argue with that but the way they bounced back, I think they roll pretty If solid. they had beaten Texas, I think they would be ranked number one. Oh, I yeah. still think Alabama would be the best team in the nation. Yep, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I think Oklahoma takes that. Um, I'm going to call it... <sighs> what am I feeling? Let's say, like, 39, like, 28 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I can make a pick for that, but I, I, I think it's probably something similar to that. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was like 45 to 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, uh, Oklahoma State, Baylor. That's in Oklahoma. Does State. Oklahoma State have any semblance of a defense? No, they don't. Um. <laughs> okay, so it's gonna be. It's a shootout. 68 to 72 with one of the other teams winning. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to pick just, I mean, I think if Seth Russell's in this game, then Baylor blows him out. But I don't know if I'm, Stidham looks like a true freshman, like we've said about a lot of true freshmen this year, and he's helped by having one of the best receivers in the country, if not the best. Um, I think that it's going to be a shootout, I think. Oklahoma State wins maybe like 65 like 55 or something like that um all right yeah I don't feel that one could go either way I think Oklahoma State wins though um all right let's go to northwestern Wisconsin it's in Wisconsin um I think it's going to be a low-scoring game since both these teams are relying like 100% on defense at this point. Um, 
I I want to. I don't feel confident at all saying Wisconsin wins, which always sucks. But I want to say that Wisconsin wins like twenty-one seventeen. Yeah, I have the same feeling. I think it's gonna be like you know, it could be a fourteen ten game, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. Uh, between the two, I'm just gonna go with Wisconsin because I think Northwestern has sort of slowed down a little bit over the course of the year, but. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it went either way. I think you're right. I think the over-under is like a handful of points. Yeah. I mean, it should be noted that is even though none of our wins have looked impressive, the only teams that we've lost to are Alabama and Iowa, two teams that are in the playoff hunts. Right. So whereas Northwestern got shut out by Michigan and got blown out by 30 points against Iowa, we lost only by four points to Iowa. I... I don't know. It's tough to really compare those in a bottle, but um, yeah, I think we might hopefully have the edge on Northwestern, but I don't really feel confident one way or another. Um, and then, all right, just to wrap it up, probably the best matchup of the week in terms of importance, um, Michigan State at Ohio State. We talked about this one a lot earlier. I, with, with JT... And with the way Ezekiel's been playing the last couple of games, I take Ohio State at home, especially just with how Michigan State's defense has looked. Um, but that's another one I could see going either way. What do you think? Right. I, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it like twenty-eight, twenty-one. Yeah, I was gonna do something similar, like you know, you're thirty-two, twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah. Um, but. I could totally see it going both way. Either way, I think Ohio State wins it. I'm hope I hope I'm wrong. I'm not going to be shocked if it's a close one and Michigan State sort of pulls it out at the end, but yep. I I'm also see. not going to be shocked if Ohio State wins by three touchdowns. There was today in the press conference, D'Antonio got asked about the importance of Michigan and Ohio State, and he got pretty snippy and pissed with the reporter. I could see them coming out fired up and Connor Cook kind of leading them to kind of save their season a little bit good i hope so i i do too um but it'll be i don't i don't know i don't know it'll be interesting um all right so we kind of covered the big games um let's wrap it up we played slap cup this weekend was that your first time playing it seemed like it yeah i think so i kind of remembered it vaguely but it was never slapping the cup. It was like gently tip the cup over so we didn't splatter the whole apartment in beer. Yeah. And it was very fun that we got to like... Splatter my apartment in beer. Yeah. But I would <laughs> never play that at my place. No. Um, all right. So I want to keep it football themed. Out of the performances from like the six games of that that we played, who are your top four slap cup players? So I'm going to go a little bit of a homer and I'm going to say if we're looking at the second half of the night... Yeah. I think I really turned it on. Me and Megan got in a good, uh, I think the game that killed you uh, was me and Megan because I'd hit yep. it in, passed it to her, she'd hit it in once, and we never got past more than like one or two bounces. I think Thomas and I uh, really sort of pulled it. I think we were the two best uh, in a row there. Yeah. Um, you guys, I, you and Thomas did the same to my roommate Zach for a little bit in the right. earlier part of the night too. Right. I struggled a little bit about at the beginning, but if we yeah. if I had to rank the playoff players for the slap cup, I think me, Megan, and Thomas would be in, and I don't know who would get that fourth spot. <laughs> I think, um, I think Thomas is probably May, you. One. Maybe you would if you had gone in. 
I had sober, but you got messed up so early that yeah, you were just a, a shell of yourself by the end of well, it. Well, I will say okay, so that would put me at like who got messed up really early this season and then was a shell of themselves. Um, Auburn, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know if I was Auburn really. I think that I definitely I had a lot of bad spots to where I was like directly in front of like two or I was like sandwiched in between two people that were doing really well to where like you and Megan or you and Thomas to where I was just getting fucked over repeatedly. But I also fucked over quite a few like I, I got Katie I think like five times in a row or something like that. Um I would say the top spot is you, um, second Megan, third Thomas, and me probably fourth. I don't know, you might be giving Thomas not enough credit. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Yeah. That that might be fair. Whatever. So I did. I don't remember. I, I don't think I did a lot of slapping. I think I did a lot of strategic cup movement. Yeah, you were more of like I'll pass it to the person directly I was behind. Defense. Yeah, you were passing it to the person directly behind the person bouncing, and then they would slap it. You were doing a lot of that. Megan and Thomas did the most slapping. Right. But you also they drank a fair amount because they would get slapped a lot. And yeah. I don't think you I drank didn't, like at I didn't all drink at the hardly end. anything and it was because I played with that defensive mindset. It was fun, dude. I'd play it again. Yeah. Alright, well let's get out of here. Um right. this was CFB-004 of the Sorry Internet Podcast. Um, thank you for listening. We will post a uh, link in the show notes for all the social medias, your Twitters, your Facebooks, or we don't have a Facebook, uh, app or holy shit, iTunes, um, Stitcher, Overcast, all that shit. Um, yeah, uh, thank you to Echo Base for providing our theme song, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it this week. Burn to Burton happened. It did. It didn't happen. <laughs> show me proof. <laughs> show me proof. It never happened.